This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Aaron Wan-Bissaka with a cross. Bolingoli and up towards Denver Bar, and I think he's onside here. He was in his own half. Denver Bar being chased by Matic. Scores for Istanbul. Basek Shahir. Manchester United had pushed everybody forward and when it was cleared away they couldn't catch Denver Bar. And that was Demba Bar making it one nothing to open the scoring for Istanbul Besiktas against Manchester United that ended as 2-1. And that was our que golazo moment, just because it was so ridiculous from Manchester United standpoint. Welcome to que golazo Champions League recap for Wednesday matches. We got Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson to give us a real lowdown on PSG. Stay right here because the show begins right now. Manchester United, once again, who are you? It's Champions League recap. We got Jimmy C. How are you, bud? I'm okay. Obviously, there's a lot going on, you know, both on the field and off. So uh, just just absorbing all of it and trying to keep a smile on my face, Luis. But I love talking about the beautiful game. But if I was a Manchester United fan, I would be stressed out because I don't know what the hell Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is doing at this point. Um, and I, I'm sure you can attest to it as well. I think you put out a couple tweets. Um, and I've been saying it for a long time, like... I apologize. I criticize. I like. I don't know who you are, Man United. Like this is, but today was bad. Uh, so just walk me through it betting wise. Uh, Istanbul Besiktas wins two one. Uh, Dembaba opens the scoring with some calamity defending. Like I mean, listen, MLS former defender of the year. Like what are you thinking here? Like what? That's just a horrific goal to concede. I, I don't know who is. Well, it's the players because they have to sort that out on the field. That that doesn't fall on Ole Gunner. However, there should be some staff-related things. You've obviously inserted a few new players into the team. The lineup probably isn't the same, which kind of speaks to the consistency that I think most teams should have, right? You want to build that rapport with a consistent lineup, game in and game out. All of a sudden, you got a whole bunch of new people out there, and Luke Shaw is – I don't know what the hell Luke Shaw is doing, and he he's, he's ultimately accountable for making sure he looks over his shoulders – and that there's somebody behind him first and foremost. So that Luke, so that Demba Ba of all people doesn't go on a 60 yard breakaway on goal. Well, um, I was say, cause you know, this isn't Demba Ba like, you know, 10 years ago. This is Demba Ba, you know, at like he's, he's our age. Demba Ba's our age, you know, so age. he's yes. at the tortoise running uh, speed and he, he it's one-on-one and he makes a gun. He opens the score. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think, it just gave Istanbul Bashakshi here the belief that they needed to, hey, I th- we can, you know, maybe nip points here. And I kind of liken it to Arsenal. Arsenal's kind of losing this a little bit. I think Arteta's done a very good job just to bring them into the conversation. They were always ripe. You know, they were a walking, breathing meme. And I think 
other teams recognized it and that they were vulnerable that way, that if you could just get that first goal, if you could just put them under a little bit of pressure, they'll collapse, they'll fall apart, they'll start to be like buying into the meme, you know? And I think United is there as well to a certain extent. If you can just score that first goal, it really puts them under a lot of pressure to figure out how to fight their way out of it. And I just didn't like the balance of the lineup today. He put a lot of attacking midfielders in the same area of the field. Uh, Matic was the guy holding, you know, sitting in the spot in front of the back four. I did like Martial in. I did have him to score and Manchester United to win. I apologize to everybody. Martial did score. Manchester United should have won, right? Bashakshir have never won a Champions League game in their history. Everything was pointing towards that. And them obviously playing very well in Europe, beating RB Leipzig 5-0 and also beating PSG. So everything was pointed that way. So I apologize for not recognizing that Demba Ba was going to get a 60-yard breakaway from midfield. But anyway, so I missed that one, but I I just didn't, I didn't miss it completely because I knew that Martial was going to be up for this one. He did score a good goal. Uh, It just wasn't enough. And I think they lacked ideas too. And then he made all those desperate subs, you know, to try to save the game and and uh, fair play to Bashakshi here for, for grinding it out and really putting, uh, you know, putting the sword into uh, Manchester United. But, yeah, it speaks to Ole Gunnar's lack of tactics, lack of culture. I think he's a good man manager. I think we've talked about that before. I think he's kind of a player whisperer, especially for the strikers. Martial is, you know, peak of his career playing as well as he ever has. Rashford the same. There's something else that's missing, though, and I don't know what it is other than they haven't had it for quite some time. Listen. You said everything. The only thing that I'm just going to add is that people have really short memories and they forget when uh, back in 2014, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was managing Cardiff City and these are the same issues. Like it was fine, but there was no creativity. The same thing happened today. United with like nearly 70% possession, but similar stats in terms of goal shots uh, on goal with Istanbul. Like that's just ridiculous. And fair play to Istanbul Besiktas for winning. Uh, that game and and being resilient and and taking care of it. But now I think Solskjaer's uh, job is, 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 you know, we've talked about the fact that he's a club legend, so it might give him a little bit of an extra padding, but I don't know. What do you think? I mean, they have Southampton. uh, No, I'm sorry. They're they're playing Everton away. And, you know, I I don't know. He loses. That that. that could be the game that could break his back. I will say that Mauricio Pochettino's been hanging out, growing his hair like he's what some saying, hippie, hippie musician these days. Uh, you know, he could be a great – I think there's been enough time. It would be kind of funny, though, to see Jose Mourinho at Spurs and Pochettino at, at United. But whatever. You know, as you said, short-term memories, people are just ready to get on with it. I think what Pochettino would bring that Ole Gunnar does not is a little bit of structure in terms of how they play and that they can always fall back on that structure. Yeah. When, when United goes down – it seems like everybody starts to play in, in more, a little bit more individually yeah. as opposed to, Hey, we have this plan that if things don't go right, we can still lean on this plan. This plan will still give us opportunities. And I'll transition here by talking about Sevilla. Sevilla went down today, by the way, two zero. They got it back to two one. They got a red card. Jesus Navas got his first red card in 766 appearances, which is next level. He looked like he wanted to cry out there. Got his At first the red end card. of the first half. So at the end of the first half. half. So they're down 2-1. Krasnodar is rolling, dude. I was like, wow, look at Krasnodar go. And they end up – Sevilla comes back and wins 3-2. Have 75% possession. I mean – That's that, Man United. But, but I'll say that exactly. And I'll bring that up because they have a structure that they fall back on when things don't go well. Yeah. They still try to execute the game in their game plan – 
despite the fact that they maybe have a red card or whatever, the ball goes wide, create those numerical advantages, be strong on set pieces, create those things, believe that these are going to come because we're so good at executing these. Manchester United doesn't have that. And you referenced 90s, they did have that under Sir Alex. There was a plan in terms of how we move in, in a lot of situations so that the players knew how to move. It's so frustrating to watch managers. And this isn't just uh, isolated to Ole Gunnar. I see it with Andres Villas-Boas with Marseille and, and amongst others. It's just like, what, what do you spend your time doing, dude? Like, I think you're over, over coaching in some yeah. ways, like, as opposed to just giving the guys some, some firm parameters and then letting them play with them. They can be, they can be themselves, but give them the parameters that they always have to fall back on whether things are going good or bad. Yeah, man, preach, preach. Listen, I don't want to keep on going about United, but the reason why I've been going about Pochettino to United for so long is because Pochettino is a disciple of the Bielsa school of identity. You live or die with what you have. You live or die by it. Whether you're awful on the day or great, you live or die by the consistency of who you are. And that's exactly what Manchester United uh, needs. You brought in Sevilla. That's great. Uh, amazing. Uh, what a great comeback for them. Uh, 3-2, they win on the night. Uh, we're going to have Jonathan Johnson later on to talk about PSG Leipzig, but I, I want your quick take on it. Leipzig beats PSG without Mbappé, without Neymar. Uh, two red cards for PSG at the end of the night. Angel Di Maria looked good at the beginning, but then missed that pen. I mean, a lot going on in this one. I think that RB Leipzig was fragile coming into this one. PSG scores early. They get that penalty save. I think that changes everything. It gives them that... Oh, finally, finally, something went our way. Finally, we get that break to go our way. And then they score a very good goal, by the way, in Kunku. Scored a very good goal. Good good setup, good team play, good passing, sharp, crisp, good goal right before halftime. So you get that penalty save, which would have made it 2-0. Instead, it's still 1-0. Then you get that game-tying goal right before halftime, and you have the momentum going into that. I see a lot of stuff online, and I'm sure JJ can talk about, you know, everybody wanting Thomas Tuchel's head at this point, who's going to take over. Come on, I mean... He's without two of the world's best players. You know, he's, he's missing a couple pieces elsewhere due to injury. I think it's a little unfair to be this harsh on Tuchel. They're they still good though, Jimmy. They're, they're still, still very good. Moise Keane, Angeli Maria. Like, I get it. still a squad, you know? Well, so, so that's fair. If, if the Di Maria had scored that one, the penalty, it'd be 2-0. And RB Leipzig is now doubled down on feeling bad for themselves because they've just been looking for that, that break to go their way. And they got it with that penalty save and they parlayed that into confident like you saw their confidence snowball in a positive way like it went from a little pebble that like a chance all right we're no Neymar no Mbappe then they give up that goal oh man heads down then they give up a penalty oh my god this is this is like the worst season ever we're never going to get out of our Champions League group they get the save oh okay they get the goal all right and then all of a sudden their confidence just their second half was excellent they were like stomping on PSG at that point got a ton of opportunities and uh they deserve the win ultimately but yeah. With that first 10 or 15 lot. minutes could have changed everything. Yeah, listen, we've been talking a lot about Mbappé and Neymar. I actually think the biggest uh, issue has been Verratti's absence. Uh, I agree. I think that when you play somebody like Leipzig, who likes to control possession, you need that guy in the middle. Marquinhos is great. Uh, He's a know, center back. He, I like him better than center back. Exactly. Yeah. You, need, yeah. you need an architect. You need an architect. And Verratti... Uh, sorely missed. Anyway, uh, JJ will, will have his thoughts as well about this, spe specifically from Paris. Leipzig wins it, and, uh, you know, it's tight. <laughs> it's tight, and PSG really needs to take care of business. Let me just quickly look at that table uh, before we continue. But if you look at that group... Dude, that group's wide open. It's Group H. United's on top, still with six, plus five goal difference. That's Leipzig right. is now on six yep. points, minus two goal difference. 
Uh, PSG is uh, in third on, on three. And then <laughs> Bashakshi here somehow has three. I I'm, will say this is my favorite kind of match day sequence because you play the same opponent twice in a row. Yeah. So going back to Paris, you know, I think that will determine who ends up getting second in the group, frankly. It's going to be very interesting. All right, so a few, a few more scores here. And then, Jimmy, you just tell me one more thing, one more game to talk about. But here's a few more scores. Lazio comes back from one nothing down to tie it one all. Barcelona, 2-1 against Dynamo Kiev. Mark Ter Stegen, unbelievable in that game. Because you really, Barcelona looked fragile at the back. Juventus doing their thing, 4-1. Alvaro Morata, after like getting denied left, right, and center because of VAR for so many weeks. Gets a few goals. Uh, you know, Ferenc Varis is not exactly the, you know, the giant that Juventus should feel super proud about winning for one, but they won for one. Right. Dortmund 3 nothing against Club Rouge. Uh, Chelsea 3 nothing against Rennes. We, we saw that coming, uh, but that was it. Anything from those games that, 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 that stood out? Yeah, I'll give you kind of the bets that I had before just to kind of refresh everybody. I had uh, Timo Werner having more than two shots on goal and he had two penalties. I'm glad he's taken him instead of Jorginho and Mr. Hippity hop, pop, 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 pop penalties. Uh, Timo Werner, I thought looked very, very good. The I think Chelsea. Up, the hibbit, the hibbit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They should play that music anytime Jorginho is taking a penalty. But uh, yeah, I hit that bet. So I'm excited about that one. I was absolutely devastated that Cristiano Ronaldo didn't score the first or last goal against Juve. They, they took advantage of some bad mistakes. If you guys get to see the fourth goal, Paulo Dybala ends up scoring it, but he could have slid it over to Cristiano Ronaldo for the tap-in, and he refused to do it. He apologized to Cristiano afterwards because he knew that's what he should have done, that greedy bastard. And if he had done that, that would have been the last goal, and I would have hit my bet. So I have a lot. I'm going to write a strongly worded letter to Juventus to make sure he gets to Mr. Paulo Dybala. You know, Unacceptable. he deserves that one because for Unacceptable. So <laughs> I, that's fair. He, he already had one. He had already got a cheap goal yeah, before because – He doesn't care. <laughs> no, I know he doesn't care, but it made no sense for him not to slide it across. Yeah, yeah. I, I see you, Paulo Dybala. I see you. And and Cristiano Ronaldo sees you as well. So I missed that one, unfortunately. And I missed Lazio winning and the over. If they had just scored one more, and I think they would have if Chiro the Hero Mobley would have played. He was a last-minute scratch. He didn't end up traveling with the team. They kept that under 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 wraps. I wouldn't have I would not have suggested that for everybody if, if I knew that Chiro the Hero Mobley was not playing. But so I missed that one. It's close, though. They still have a pretty good team. Uh, Barcelona, I'll say this. I, just one more thing. Barcelona had a good performance. I like Serginho Dest. He's starting to evolve into my uh, Danny Alves 2.0. I know that's a heady claim. I get it, you know. But I think he's finding himself in those spots. He's a little bit higher up the field. He's attacking with with uh, really good purpose. And he's, he's looking for the right guys in the box. Unfortunate not to get an assist today. But when I'm online, I see a lot of doomsday sayers about, about – uh, Oh, Barcelona sucks and this and that. And and listen, if those guys just finished their chances, that would have been 5-0. I know that Ter Stegen made some world-class saves and and that uh, they needed that, right? They needed somebody who was so steady in the back because they do give up a lot of chances. But if they just finished theirs, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Yeah, it's about not on Barcelona. him. Come on. He just came, just came to it's the club. It's not on Ter Stegen at all. It's not on Ter Stegen at all, but it's just like. No, on no, Mas- no, I'm saying it's on, it's not on Dest or any. It's like. No, no, no. It's like it's Griezmann, though. I mean, Griezmann's well, supposed Griezmann to consider. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Listen, like, here's the thing about Barcelona. Like, uh, they're doing their thing, but it, again, again, they'll get out of the group. 
They'll get out of the group. But again, it's about what happens afterwards. It's when you really get tested. That's what we want to see. Because, yes, they beat Juventus, but that was without Cristiano Ronaldo, right? And you can also already see the cracks in La Liga. Having said that, they got that win. Listen, let me ask you before you leave very quickly, okay? Because we're halfway, right? We're halfway in the group stages. I'll give you a little a little quick-fire testing on, on your rankings, right? I'll ask okay. you, okay, uh, from three, two, one, right? Third, second, first. Your top three teams right now as you see it. You don't even need an explanation. Just give me the team, okay? Oh, wow. Okay, so three. I'm actually trying to think of number three. I'll go Liverpool number three. Three. I, th- I think despite no Virgil van Dijk, they've looked very good and have gotten good results. Manchester City for me is number two. Yeah, they have looked excellent, and I don't think they're going to slow down anytime soon. And then, of course, I cannot not put Bayern Munich at number one. Uh, those guys can hit a switch anytime; they can beat anybody at any moment, and they're still my favorites until proven otherwise. Yeah, you know what? I'm going exactly the same way. Only I'm switching Liverpool and Man City. That's fair. I respect it. That, that's it. But apart from that, that's exactly. I mean, Bayern stays number one easily. And I have yet to see anybody that's going to dethrone them. But we're halfway in the Champions League with the group stages. Uh, Jimmy will be back with us for the weekend recap. We can preview. I always say recap when it's And recap. It's it's fine. We're doing both. Well, we're doing both, so it doesn't matter. Jimmy C., always a pleasure to have you, brother. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. All right, sounds good. Guys, thank you so much. Stay right here because JJ comes right after these messages. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Jimmy's gone, but I replace him with somebody just as good. Jonathan Johnson from Paris. How are you, bud? Good, thank you. And yourself? 
I'm good. I'm good. Always happy to have another Villa fan here, but no Villa talk right now. We will talk PSG Paris Saint-Germain. Listen, JJ, uh, Jimmy and I talked a little bit about it. We talked about the Man United Istanbul Besiktas game, maybe more so, but because we wanted to go more in depth with you with PSG losing 2-1 to Leipzig. Talk to me about the game from your perspective. Yeah, obviously hugely disappointing for PSG, especially the way that they started getting the early goal through Di Maria, uh, not being able to convert the penalty. And I think that really, uh, you know, was the the turning point because after that, Leipzig managed to get themselves back into the game. I think if PSG had scored uh, that spot kick, the result would have been completely different. Uh, you know, I think it would have been different for Leipzig to have picked themselves up and brushed themselves off from 2-0 down. But fair play to them. They stuck at it, uh, got back in the game. Uh, through a, a former PSG player in uh, in Kunku, uh, and then obviously with the, the the penalty in the second half, another big debatable moment. I don't think it was as much of a turning point as the missed one by Di Maria, but in any case, Leipzig score, they go ahead, uh, and then obviously PSG lose two players between them and the end of the match uh, to red cards uh, as uh, you know tempers flared a bit, and you know hugely frustrating for for PSG not much Tuchel could have done in terms of game changing substitutions with so many players missing but also at the same time uh, you know the the german is getting rightly criticized for the way that he set the team up uh, and you know and put them out there to play in the first place yeah so listen we're going to touch on Tuchel in a second because you know i keep hearing like you know neymar was out and mbappe was out i actually think verratti is probably a bigger absence in these situations you need somebody in the middle who can really just dictate play uh, over the course of 90 minutes, but we'll talk about that for a second. But listen, I'm getting really tired of this because PSG is PSG, okay? It's a, it's a deep squad. Qatari money, Moise Keane, Angel Di Maria, you still got some ballers in this squad. I get it. RB Leipzig is no easy opponent, but to not win a game yet, right? It's, it's pretty ridiculous. I'm sorry, to, sorry, to lose uh, against Manchester United not win against Leipzig and, you know, just get that one win against Istanbul. It's just not good enough, is it? No, obviously, when you look back at the way that PSG performed in the Champions League last season and got the, all the way to the final, it's hugely underwhelming. But also at the same time against United, uh, you know, it was still quite a tight result, despite the fact that United were the better side on the night and PSG offered very little. PSG improved uh, in Turkey last week, uh, but then again, started well here and then you know just lost their way and in the end weren't really at the races at all you're right uh, you know there is still quality in that side uh, even without the likes of Neymar Mbappe Verratti Verratti is a big miss in midfield uh, and this match is a good example of why Marquinhos is probably better off sticking as a defender uh, you know over the long term yes he can occasionally step forward into the midfield uh, and do a very good job but relying on him there game in game out uh, you know is a big ask especially when you know, Marquinhos has come out and said that he would prefer to play in central defence. Uh, there's murmuring within the squad, uh, you know, that they don't understand why Tuchel persists playing him in midfield uh, instead of uh, putting him back in defence now that Daniel Pereira has signed. Pereira, you know, didn't have the easiest of evenings uh, against Leipzig. Uh, but yes, you're, you're right, there is still quality there. Moise Keane, uh, Di Maria, I think that there is a lot of criticism coming Pablo Salabia's way. He's not been the same player since uh, football restarted really after the coronavirus shutdown uh, you know he was enjoying a very good start to life with PSG had a very very good spell at the beginning of this year particularly in the domestic cups 
you know, and that's really gone missing since football came back. And Sarabia is struggling to find his feet now. And, you know, when you have those kind of players who are supposed to step up and, and fill in in the starting eleven, when the likes of Neymar, when the likes of Mbappe, when the likes of Icardi are not fit, you know, when they don't do that, uh, you know, the, the criticism is understandable. And I think the only player really uh, in that PSG front line who's exempt from any criticism is Keen because he arrived with such low expectations, uh, you know, and what he's delivering is, you know, far above what, what people thought he'd be doing at this moment in time, uh, you know, played a role uh, in Di Maria's goal, also, uh, you know, created the opportunity for him to double the lead through the penalty. So, you know, I don't really think anyone can, uh, you know, begrudge uh, Moise Keen for what he's doing uh, for this PSG side at the moment. But unfortunately, you know, it's not enough. Uh, the rest of the team just look very, very short of confidence and quality. Uh, Herrera, uh, you know, in the midfield alongside uh, Marquinhos and Gaze, you know, is not really working. It's too workmanlike. So after the Ren match or before the Ren match, Thomas Tuchel has, you know, some issues to, to deal with. And we'll see what the future holds for the German after that. Well, it's a good uh, way to uh, segue my next question because, and listen, like, I guess I'm being a little harsh, right? Like, three points behind Leipzig and Manchester United. It's only halfway. They return, they host Leipzig straight away once uh, the Champions League comes back. So, you know, there is an opportunity to, you know, kind of flip the script. They're still top of League Ah, you know. Uh, but here's what I worry about. It's not so much what's going on now. Like, you know, hopefully for their sake, they'll get out of the group. It's more about like, okay, what are you going to do to win the Champions League and, and do more so? So my question is, I guess, how secure is Thomas Tuchel's job, do you think? Uh, not very. I mean, look at the results so far this season. PSG now have, what, four four defeats since the beginning of the campaign. Uh, that, that's not good enough. Uh, you know, it's not good enough for the, the quality of teams that PSG can put out on the pitch. Uh, and it's not just the results that aren't good enough. It's the performances as well. Yes, sometimes they're able to win and not play well, but there's been too much of that already this season, too many sluggish performances. Okay, there was bound to be a hangover from last season's Champions League run. Uh, you know, and obviously... Uh, the, the fact that the players are being run into the ground is definitely a factor that, that needs to be taken into consideration. But Tuchel's not helping himself either, you know, coming out, uh, you know, basically putting the onus on the club to, to, to make a decision. I mean, his comments uh, on German TV earlier this week, basically saying that he's not going to bother dreaming about a, a new contract, is pretty much him admitting that he knows that his time with PSG is coming to an end. He's not going to be granted a contract extension. Uh, you know, and I think with that reflecting... The, the dynamic between Tuchel and, and the sporting director, Leonardo, I don't think there's any way that they can continue. I think it would be a very poor decision for Tuchel to be handed a contract extension now. So the big question is, you know, when do PSG say enough is enough uh, and wield the axe? Uh, you know, and you have to feel that this coming international break after the clash with Bren at the weekend in Ligue 1, is the, is the right moment for, for PSG to make a decision on whether they stick with Tuchel until the end of the season uh, and then pick somebody to replace him then once his contract's been run down, or act now where it gives somebody the, the remainder of the, the group stage to salvage something, to get out of it in, and you know, reach the latter stages and perhaps make a, make a fist of, of reaching the Champions League final. Uh, you know, they're, they're in quite a, a comfortable position in Ligue 1 at the moment, like you said. Uh, you know, they've managed to get back to the top of the table after a very slow start to the season, helped obviously by the fact that a lot of sides in and around PSG in the table uh, are struggling to balance their continental commitments 
uh, with their with their domestic matches at the moment. I mean, look at PSG's uh, fellow league on representatives in the Champions League this week. Marseille losing away, Rennes losing away. You know, quite heavy defeats as well. You know, it's not good for for French football, and that obviously puts even more pressure on PSG in the Champions League. And when they're not performing, when they're not getting the results. Uh, you know, it's understandable that uh, Tuchel and, uh, and and the hierarchy face some serious questions from the domestic press. So, for me, I think that this international break has the has the makings of being an extremely important one for PSG because I'm not convinced that if uh, PSG stick by Tuchel, uh, that things are going to get better this season. It seems to me like the the damage is done, uh, and now it's a question of damage limitation. Top notch analysis from Jonathan Johnson on PSG, the future of Thomas Tuchel, and so on. Uh, Villa plays Arsenal this Sunday. JJ, what do you have here? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm just praying uh, that we don't let them go four goals up and then start playing like uh, like we did against Southampton. I mean, when Villa come into these kind of matches, I always feel like we're going to deliver more of a performance. It's the games that, that we come into... Uh, and people are sort of almost expecting us to win, especially with the way that we started this season. I think they're the more problematic fixtures. So going to Arsenal away, I'm, I mean, I'm confident that we could put in a good performance. I think the players are overdue one now, uh, particularly looking at the way that they finished that game against Southampton. I think if it had gone on for 10 more minutes, we probably would have found at least the equaliser. So if they can start the match in that same vein, then I definitely think that, you know, uh, we could be looking at a point or, or better away from home. But a lot will also depend on, on Arsenal, how they fare on Thursday night in the Europa League uh, and the way that uh, Arteta is able to, to line up his team. See, this is why I like just me and JJ doing the show because we can just chat Villa and I, you know nobody's going to stop me. So JJ, uh, Jonathan Johnson from Paris, thank you so much uh, for all your info, bud, and uh, have a good night. Likewise, yourself. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining me today. Make sure that you follow us on Kego Lasso Pod on Twitter. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Stream us on Spotify or Stitcher. And make sure that you listen every single weekday because we have more content and more content and more content, including our Europa League preview, which has an interview with Musa Sissoko from Tottenham. That's it for us. Thank you so much and have a great day. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.